and in three, two, one, and good evening, everybody. Welcome to Tuesday at the Table. Welcome everybody that's in here, and welcome everybody out there in Facebook land and on the internet and out there in the World Wide Web and all that stuff just streaming all over the world. Thank you, and welcome to another Tuesday night at the Table here at Destiny Church. Um, we're going to talk tonight about there's no greater time than this. Um, we have a lot we need to be doing as the body, and I'm not just talking about Destiny Church, I'm talking about the body of Christ. Um, we got things we need to be doing. Uh, I'm sorry, I can see the fig leaves, I can see what's happening, I see it blooming, I see things happening. We got to get about his work, amen? Amen. But before we get started, we're going to jump into prayer, and then we're going to jump into what I have tonight. Lord, thank you. We just come before you, worshiping you and lifting you up. We just give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. Lord, this is all about you. This is all about us with a heart and a desire to learn and to feed off of what you want us to have. Lord, just speak to us. Open our eyes, ears, and hearts to, um, to your word, Lord. Let us feed off of it. Let us learn from it. Let us make it part of our lives. Lord, just set me aside. Let your spirit speak. We thank you and praise you. And in Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Um, you know, there's, like I said, there's no greater time than this. It's kind of a lead-in little thing, little how we're going. And um, today, we don't get very much good news, do we? Not at all. I'm just going to tell you, I, 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 went to, I just went and looked on WSFA's website. These were the headlines. Driver killed in Montgomery wreck Monday night. Arrest made in four Montgomery Halloween homicides. Brothers convicted in 2018 Lee County murder. Man arrested in October 23rd Troy homicide. Montgomery fire turns into homicide investigation. Man in Houston County charged with assault after biting the bouncer's finger off at a local bar. Uh, rape reported on campus at Auburn University. Uh, news is nasty. When was the last time you really heard anything good on a headline? When? When was the last time you just heard a good headline? You know, we, as Christians, do have a headline for the world, though, and that is the gospel. The world may not may tend to be doom and gloom, and that I've seen it more since the Corona outbreak than anything, and it's like everybody, including the weather. I mean, the happy weatherman's not happy anymore. He's, he's going to report how bad we're going to flood and how bad it is going to get hot and how cold and how much rain and tornado. I mean, he's going to give every warning in the world other than, hey, we got bright, sunny sunshine. Uh, he may hit that and go, but in this corner of the world, they're suffering from tsunamis and blah, 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 blah. It's just, it's gotten really bad how the world. Is almost they crave the bad news instead of the good news. But we have the gospel. What does the gospel mean? The good news. Amen. The gospel. When we have nothing else to comfort us or sustain us at all, we have the gospel. That is the good news. The good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. In Colossians 1, 21 and 23, it says, and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you, present you holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in your faith, grounded steadfast, and not moved any way from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, which is preached to every creature under heaven, 
of which I, Paul, became a minister. Understand each and every one of us failed to the understanding of the good news didn't fall, but we came to the understanding of what the good news was by someone telling us about Jesus, someone giving their testimony about what Jesus has done for them. He has done great things, and that good news is what we're supposed to be spreading. And it's through that our salvation comes, and through that is if we, we have a hope in the gospel we have heard. It's basically, it comes back to what pastor's been preaching on for the last, I can't say weeks, I like some of his stuff. He's back there smiling. And he's been preaching the last several weeks on faith. And we have to have faith in this gospel, this good news. And when stuff rears its ugly head, and it's called the world and life, when stuff rears its, we got to have faith in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ in our lives. That he saves, he heals, he restores. Um, pastor just shared a little bit about when Brother Bo got sick. Everyone could have just fell their knees and went, well, it was me. We as a church could have just said, oh, you know, that's a death that's a nail in the, I hate to say nail in the coffin. But no, we had hope in the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We believed in the, the scriptures where it says, by his stripes we were what? Healed. I love that because most people don't look at it right. They think it's by his stripes we will be healed. Understand that's not how it is written. It is written we were. Past tense. Means it's already come about, already paid for, already done. You know what we got to do? We got to claim it. We got to have faith to believe it. We got to reach out and have faith in that, our faith. Everything is based around our faith and our faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't get a better foundation than that. You know, when. He, he, he looked at Peter and said, who do, they, who do you say I am? Peter, after he done asked, who do they say I am? They say I am. Who do you say I am? And Peter looked straight at him and says, you are the Messiah. Straight at him. Peter, the foul-mouthed, goofy, hot-headed fisherman, the one who rather pull a sword out then, then pray for somebody at the time. The one who just was a hothead, didn't want to listen, and also got out of the boat, had no faith, and went to sinking. This Peter looked and proclaimed him as the Messiah. You know how that happened? Because he was, the Holy Spirit filled him, and that's how he proclaimed it. He proclaimed the good news of the Savior, the Messiah the coming king that was prophesied, he spoke of it. And Jesus says, I'm going to call you Peter, which means rock from now on, and on this rock, and it wasn't Peter, it was the rock foundation of the gospel, which is the good news, which is he is the Messiah. That everything is based on that. Everything. That he is our Savior, amen? He has to, and we got to understand this good news. There's only one way this good news is ever going to get out. It's not on CNN, because they got terrible ratings. It's not on Fox News, for those of you that like Fox News instead. It's not going to be on News Network. It's not going to be on any of these. And honestly, there ain't that many people today watching uh, CBN and all the Christian news stations no, it's up to us as ministers of Christ to be the ones that go out and do a little evangelistic work. Do you know the meaning of evangelist? Yes. And what are they supposed to be speaking? The good news. They are, evangelists are supposed to be proclaimers of the good news, the gospel of Christ. Christ. 
Well, you want to know what? That's each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. We can find this hope also for each other as believers in what? What do we find our hope? What do we draw strength? We draw it from Christ, but what do we can grab a hold of tangible and go to each and every time to find our answers? The Bible. God's Word. And again, my favorite, y'all know this one already, John 1. Because God's Word is Jesus. It is. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's Jesus. He is the Gospel. The Gospel is our is the Bible, the good news. That's why we got the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Luke, and the Gospel of John. They're all the Gospels, the good news. Honestly, the whole New Testament should be called the good news. And honestly, the whole Bible should be called the Gospels because it was foretelling of the good news coming in the beginning, in the Old Testament. It is all good news for us. And it's all good news for each and every one of us. It's the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. How many of y'all ever heard that? That's old school. B-I-B-L-E. The book may say it's not, a lot of people say it's not relevant today. Well, that was back then. And Technology-wise, I can say there's no match for it, but you know what? Life itself, there ain't nothing that's happening today that ain't happened somewhere in the Bible. Many, most of y'all were here Sunday. Y'all Y'all heard that list I went through about the people and how jacked up they were. Many of those people I went through were in the Old Testament. And they were jacked up. The book of Genesis would make Harlequin novels, they make them, if you read the book of Genesis and you're honest with yourself and you ain't prudish and you ain't running around like you some saint, the book of Genesis is messed up. There's some messed up folk in there. Tell me that they can't speak to today's life. There's some, I mean, there's family with drunks and there's this and that. There's stuff going on and we go, oh goodness, guess what? It's nothing new. It goes all the way back to the first book. And God Throughout his book shows you, one, how to get out of it. Two, he can still use you after you're forgiven. And how are we forgiven? We're forgiven through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. We don't have to use the blood of an animal, the blood or of a sacrifice. Our sacrifice was given on a mountain called Calvary. It was outside the city gates, and he hung before the whole world for each and every one of us. Amen. But I want to get into the meat. I, we talked about good news, and I talked about it's our responsibility. We are the newscasters. We're the evangelists. We're supposed to. And we got a command that we have to go. We, we need to be doing this. And first, I want to look at Mark 16 and 15, if you'll, you'll go there. Mark 16, 15. Mark Chapter 16, verse 15. We're not, we, no, I'm not going to read all 16. I'm, I'm going to read 16 first, and then we're going to go back to chapter 15. No. It's real quick, and it's simple. And it said, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You got it, brother. It's pretty simple. We're supposed to be telling the good news to everybody. We're supposed to be telling. It don't matter if it's a crackhead out here on the corner with the sign that says Navy Vet and uh, we'll work for food or whatever. And then the next person that has it two days later and the next person has the same exact sign. It don't matter. We need to be sharing. And I'm, st- like Sunday, I'm stepping on my own toes, folks. It needs to be 
the girl has an attitude when you go through McDonald's or Jack's because she ain't got time for your order and everything else, but you put a smile on your face and you tell her, I hope you have a great day, and you just completely change her attitude for every customer after that, and she gets a little bit of seed just dropped in her that it may not be the, you may not be the one that leads salvation, or you be the one who drops a seed. Be the one who waters. Be the one who cultivates. Maybe you're the one that's going to break the ground so the seed can be put in. You know, when you do a garden, you just don't walk out in your backyard with a package of seed and go to chunking, do you? You do, and you're feeding the birds. First and foremost, you're going to have to go and strategically go, this is what I'm after, i.e., us as Christians, I'm going to share the Gospels in some way today. You've got to make it up in your mind. And it might be a smile. Because the first thing that happens is once you choose where you're going to plant, you've got to break the ground. I'll tell you, and this is just human, you go at somebody straight up with John 3, 16, you're going to make that ground harder usually. That's just human nature. You come at me as a Christian with John 3, 16, I'm going to smile at you. I'm going to quote another scripture right back at you. You go to the lost world that's hard as anything against the gospel or against hearing scripture. Only thing you're going to do is dry that dirt up even more usually. But if you go in there with a smile and say, I hope you have a good day. No telling. They're going to look at you and go, what? Why are you so happy? You know, we got, we got the corona going around and everyone's wearing masks. Why are you so happy? And it's like, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. Strike that plow. There's a story in the Old Testament talking about Judah plow. We got to be, sometimes you don't have to be the one that's sitting there planting the seed. You might be the one that's going to sit there and you're going to start that furrow. Let's just, okay? You're going to be the one that starts breaking that ground. Hey, there's a lot of us that don't need to be the farmer. We need to be the mule. We need to be listening for the Holy Spirit to gee and haw us. All of y'all out there, that means left and right in mule terms. We need to learn to be the mules sometimes. We don't have to be the farmer. We don't have to be the one that dropping the seed. And, but we may need to be the ones that break the ground. Our job might be to bring in the bucket of water and nourish somebody. Maybe we're the ones that needs to spray it a little fertilizer. And I'm, I'm talking about good stuff that makes people grow. Yes, and they start seeing it. It takes all of us to get the job done, to get people to grasp the gospel of Jesus Christ. The days, I can tell you, you read about Jonathan Edwards and all of them back in the day, Smith Wigglesworth and stuff, and in that day and time, they'd have the great revivals, and people would come in, they'd be drunk and everything. They were under tents. Guess what? You weren't fighting TV. You weren't fighting Dish Network. You weren't fighting Tebow. You weren't fighting all this other stuff. People had two things to do. They were going to the local tavern or they were going to go see the evangelist and get entertained. And by that, when the evangelist started preaching and the conviction, not the honestly and truthfully, do you understand we share the good news, but you know how people come to salvation? It's through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit starts falling on people, in that day and time, they fell on tents of people. Jonathan Edwards uh, preached the greatest sermon ever. It's called In the Hands of an Angry God. You need to read it sometime. As a Christian, it's great to read. It's a good read. Go read it sometime. It sparked the greatest revival in the United States ever. 
that sermon. And it was basically this. You can slip up. You're in God's hand. He ain't happy with us. You better watch out. <laughs> no, it's a sermon. You can look it up. And by Jonathan Edwards. It's a good, it's a long read, and it's a lot of this, thou's, and darts. So, as I like to call it, it's older English. But look it up and read it. Um, but you, you do something like that in this day and time where everybody can be easily entertained other ways? No. Back then, people were drawn in. There was nothing else to grab. The de devil has so many tools nowadays to keep people. So it's our job to get out. People ain't rushing into tent revivals. And our pastor, it, and I'm just going to say this, our pastor is probably one of the lovingest pastors in the world. And people ain't just going to come running in here because there's a man that will love you to death sitting right back there. 50 years ago, if it got out like that, people would be filling this place like crazy. But no, people rather have their time filled with Alabama football or, and I'll hit Auburn football also, NFL football. They spend, they are up way too late on Saturday nights and stuff. And no, and the last thing they want to do is come into a church building on Sundays. But you can go and you can be the person that goes through the drive-thru on Monday morning with the biggest smile on your face, and I know you don't want to be going to work on Monday just like I don't want to be going to work on Monday. Because usually half the stuff in half my hospitals are broken. And they're screaming, doctors are having a, but I can still go through a drive-thru and get my bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit and my diet Dr. Pepper, and I can still look at those ladies and Vanessa knows, and smile and say, you have a great day. We go to PT every Tuesday and Thursday. This week we're not. There is a lady at Hardy's on the Atlanta Highway. She, she has now grown to love us because we're always nice to her. I went last week on a day that was off day because I had a doctor's appointment and I went for us. Well, I pull up and she goes, where's your sweet lady? And I was like, I had a doctor's appointment. And we got to talking. Guess what? I'm just breaking ground, folks. I don't mind being a plow. Because somebody may come along behind me and start dropping seed and everything else. I don't have to be in the glory spot. I don't mind being in, in the background at all. But it takes every single one of us to get the job done. You may not think so, but cleaning toilets in this church is important. And I'm not going to ask him, but I know as a former pastor, I've had to do it a lot. And if I ever find out, and it ever gets out, and I know he would never tell me that he has had to clean toilets in this church, I will be in here cleaning toilets. Because I'm not going to let my pastor clean toilets. But also, he has the same heart as Christ as when he took the towel and put it around his waist and sat there and washed a bunch of 12 nasty, well, 24 nasty feet. That's how our pastor is. That's how all pastors should be. But it takes all of us doing a job in here to get things done. It takes all of us out there evangelizing and being in the evangelistic work. And I don't mean hitting people upside the head with the Bible. I mean smiling at them, loving them. What is the greatest commandment? Love. It's not preach. It is love. When you get somebody knowing that you actually love them and care about them, they're going to listen a lot more than they would if they just are acquaintance and, oh, he's just that church guy. You see, they see actual love coming from you, they're going to listen, and it's going to make a difference. They're going to go, there's something different. We got to love. But we're told that we have to share the gospel everywhere. That's with a smile. That's with loving people. And I'll tell you, I drive on Interstate 85 a lot. And I don't want to love a lot of them truckers and a lot of them Georgia tags that run up, but I got to. There's a lot of people that do act mighty ignorant in this world that I just, but I have to love them anyway. I get mad and I get checked. 
I can tell you, I do sometimes get ill with people. I do get ill with evil in checkout lines. I get ill, and then I usually get checked real quick, and I go, I shouldn't have done that. And conviction comes down on me. I'm not saying I'm perfect. But we have to be the ones out there showing the love of Christ. If you can't tell them about Christ till you show them the love of Christ. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we got to be that. But now I'm going to my key scripture. I talked about it Sunday. Those of y'all that are military have gotten marching orders. You've received orders. You've received orders to go TDY, temporary duty. You receive PCS orders to move you from one end of this nation to the other. You, some of y'all, thank goodness, the Navy, they just sent us overseas in the boat and brought us right back. They didn't station, they don't station many of us overseas, but they do. Uh, many, some of y'all might have been stationed and, and gotten orders to go overseas. It's called, we call it just marching orders. We got our marching orders. We got our, you got your marching orders to Iraq. You got your marching orders to Afghanistan. Uh, our, it's just celebrated, what, 40-something years, uh, the Lebanon, the, the Beirut thing. They, those Marines had their marching orders into that bar- to go to that barracks, and many of them got killed. Uh, Desert Storm, I had my marching orders for that. World War II, my dad responded to the call for World War II and Vietnam. There's marching orders in the military we're receiving. But guess what? You got to, you got to think. Pastor preached on what uh, his last, uh, was it last series or the series before last? The whole armor of God. It was a couple series ago. The whole armor of God. Who puts on armor? A military person. So guess what? You are now fall into the, the army of God. Amen? We are the army of God. Well, let me just tell you, right before Jesus left this world, he gave every one of us marching orders. It's called the Great Commission. It is our march. It don't matter if you are the door opener or you are the senior pastor or you are the illustrious potentate over a whole district, uh, apostle, whatever it is, you have the same marching orders as everybody else, as a Christian. And it's the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, if you'll turn there with me. This is where I get the, the, where I say a go ye gospel. That's what the gospel is. It's not a stay at home gospel, 19 and 20. There's a little song when we did children's church. It was called Go, 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 Go. You remember that? It was about the great commandment. I won't sing it for y'all. <laughs> but I used to have children jumping up and down, going, go, 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 go. And they, in the whole song, they learned to recite the whole Great Commission. So, but Matthew 28, 19, 20, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Bapt- okay, we have preached the gospel in Mark to every creature. That means, and now we're making disciples of all nations. Jesus didn't say stay here in Israel. Jesus didn't say go up to Lebanon. Jesus didn't say go over here to, you know, all the different areas of that time. Don't go. Go to Egypt. Just go on to Egypt. No, he said go to all nations. Go into all neighborhoods. For us in Montgomery, that means Chisholm. means Capitol Heights, which some parts is real nice, some parts is not. I don't know, well, I do. In Millbrook, over toward Wetumpka, Sandtown. Going to all nations. All you rough parts of Prattville, all you rough parts of Elmore County, all the rough parts of Montgomery, Atauga, 
all nations. Well, we go all over the earth. No, you need to look at it and break it down in your perspective. There's no way you're going out to China and to India, but you can walk and you can walk, walk, drive into Chisholm, Highland Gardens, Sandtown, Toggleville, rough spots, eclectic. I'm from eclectic. But you can go everywhere. You can. You can go into all areas. It says, therefore, make, all, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's remember that's Jesus' command. Not in the na- we don't baptize in the name of Jesus. We baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? I like every Sunday we have it in the big pool over there. I think Pastor enjoys being in that water and has a good time. And every time, I guarantee you, I know how it was when I baptized, and especially when I baptized my daughter, I'm wanting to bust out crying every time I put somebody below the water. And when I bring them up, I want to shout. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. But we're supposed to be baptizing, and we're supposed to be teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We are supposed to go forth and teach them everything Jesus commanded. In some translations it says, teach all that I have taught you. It's in these, in the older, in like New King James Version, King James Version, it says what I've commanded you. Because basically you can look at them that way because they're pretty much set in stone. But he taught. He didn't, he, Jesus, we all know. Jesus didn't sit on the, the uh, give the Beatitudes, pointing fingers and having an attitude. He did it with love and he taught. But it was commands to us. When he said, love thy neighbor, that wasn't a suggestion, that wasn't just a thought, that was a command that we need, as a Christian, we need to love our neighbor. Right? But the Great Commission is our marching orders. This doesn't say, hey, apostles and preachers. This doesn't, this was, he was speaking to everyone around him at the time. This is right before he ascends into heaven. He is speaking to people. They're following him. They're listening. They know who he is. They know that he is risen again. They know he's the Messiah. They're not really ready for him to start ascending, but he blasts out this last command, this last commissioning. He commissions each and every one of us to do this. We are to go into all nations, neighborhoods, communities. And we are supposed to be teaching the gospel. We're supposed to be sharing the gospel. And also we're supposed to be baptizing. It don't matter the color of your skin, your gender, or what. You, we need to be out there teaching and baptizing people in the name of Jesus. Amen? Now, again... You may be the one that strikes the plow to the ground to get this process started. You may be the one that starts throwing the seed and giving your testimony and sharing to somebody. You may be the person that comes behind that person and goes, yeah, I know them, and guess what? Jesus did it with me too. And you know what you're doing then? You're watering. Because I'll tell you, a seed can sit fallow for a long time. But when that person comes behind and waters a little bit and sits there and throws a little uh, little fertilizer to it, a little food to it, and as it watch it as it grows and it starts to burst forth, and next thing we know, we got another soul saved. And glory, it's all to the glory of God that it happens. There's that song, and you know, it's thank you for giving to the Lord. It's an old TBN song. 
But when you listen to that song, it's talking about going to heaven. And all of a sudden, this guy, these people, everyone starts running up to him and thanking him. No, no, it's not. Yeah, it's called thank you for giving to the Lord. And that's the whole thing. It's, they're thanking him throughout the song. And he didn't even know that he had affected that many people in their salvation, but he did. You don't know how many people you may be the one who watered, you may be the one that broke ground, you may be the one who is uh, fertilized, or you may be the one who's harvested. Not all of us get the glory of harvesting, but we can all know and account that we've been in the process somehow. How many of y'all go to the farmer's market? How many of y'all love some good old, I ain't going to say peaches because I'm not a peach fan, but I love tomatoes. I love getting some Chilton County tomatoes, especially they got these Cherokee tomatoes now. And these purple, they're not now, they're an old heirloom tomato. And they're about this, ooh, they're the mellowest, nicest purple. They're ugly looking, but they're good. And I love them. But there was a process for them. Somebody had to start by taking a little cup and putting some dirt in it way back in like January in a hothouse. And they got it, they had to put a little seed in this cup. And then they had to watch it grow and they had to feed it and take care of it. And over time, they had to go out in the field and bust the field up and things had to happen. And then they had to transfer it over and then the plant had to be nurtured and cared for till someone picked it till they can bring it to me at the farmer's market. And then I could slice it with a couple of pieces of good old bacon and some mayonnaise and make me a good bacon and tomato sandwich. I'm not an L fan. That's why I don't do BLTs. But it took a process for this to happen. For, uh, for people to come to the glory of the Lord, there is a process, and we all need to be part of it. We don't need to be in the spotlight of the one, because I tell those ladies every time I go to the farmer's market in downtown, on Saturdays, and I tell that same lady, oh, you got the best tomatoes. She just smiles. That's like when the pastor or whoever leads someone actually to Christ. You know, my every time I led someone to Christ, I said I, I almost cried when I baptized. I cry. I cry. I, knowing that someone has listened to what God has said through me and someone be, gets saved, I cry. Because I'm not worthy to bring people, as far as I'm concerned, to bring people to Christ. Who am I to present someone to the Lord? But he told me to. He told me to. Who am I to be the one that smiles and breaks the ground? I'm going to. Each and every one of us need to. Understand that it's a process and each and every one of us have a job. Anybody that's ever been military, not everybody flies the airplanes. I, could, I don't know if we got any pilots out there, Pastor, or not, but I know we got a lot of techs out there, me and you. It takes a college degree to fly them. It took a high school degree to fix them. Amen. But no, we, we never get the enlisted person that worked on the avionics or worked airframes or worked power plant or whatever. When that jet in the Navy took off the pointed end of that ship and delivered ordnance during Desert Storm, they, got the, they were the ones, by their name, got the little camels drew, drew on their airplane. But we made sure that the airplanes kept flying. It took, it was a process for all of They got the glory of the flight and the mission, but we're the reason the mission happened. Because we were in the background making sure everything was ready and prepared. We can be the same ones. We can be the ones that are pre preparing people, making sure things are ready for when God's ready to move on somebody. Because I'll tell you, a lot of times we like to jerk the gospel in. We like to slam it into people when God's like, mm-mm, it ain't time. It is in God's timing. It's not in mine. It's not in yours. Because God understands hearts got to be softened. He could do it in the blink of an eye. But he knows better than us. We So many times we go, well, it should be this way. And then God does it another way and go, well, that was perfect. Yeah, I would have never thought of that. 
but we need to understand it's in his timing, in his way. So let's be happy with being the groundbreakers. Let's be happy with being the cultivators and the waterers. Let's be the one that invites in the church today. In other words, we pick the fruit. The day they come here and then they come down and pastor leads them in the sinner's prayer, leads them to Christ. Every one of you have been in part of it. Let's be the one that smiles at them when, when and there ain't no problem with that. But let's be the one that smiles at them when they come in the door. Go, man, this is a loving church. I told y'all Sunday. That's the reason we stayed. Not just because the Barton said this is a good church. We stayed because as soon as I walked in the door, we walked in the door, we looked at each other and we were like, okay, there's love in this church. I can go into probably 90% of the churches in the Tri-County area and I won't say that. And I hate to say that. In other words, this church is fulfilling the greatest commandment ever. To love. And I'm proud to say I'm a part of it. But we all got a job. You could be the one that makes coffee. You could be the one that runs the camera. You could be the senior pastor that gets up here and preaches to us and loves us. You could be the person that run, works in media. You could be the person that works with the children, the youth. You could be the person that just sits and talks with people and greets them. You could be the person that shows them where to park properly so we don't make some of these business owners upset. I remember the, like the third time we came here. Third time we came here, we parked on the back side of this building over here. And there's a guy, I think he owns a lawn service or, some, or an air conditioning service or something. I know he's got a green logo. Nice guy. Great, but we blocked one of his doors. He said, I normally don't come on Sunday. I said, I apologize. I'm sorry. But he was so nice. I was like, well, if, if this church has that reputation with their surrounding neighbors, that's another thing. And then he presented with me in a nice way. He could have went, you you goofy church people get he could already had a tow truck out there pulling my van away. No. He didn't. But back to we could be out there sharing showing how people to park. They get a good experience there. They feel the love when you get in the door, and then pastor hits them with the message that the Lord's laid on them. It may be the message just for that person that day, and they walk forward and it's worth it all. I don't care if you didn't get nothing out of the service. If that person got it, guess what? We did our job as a church. We all fulfilled the Great Commission that day. Amen? But we're supposed to also, and I love what he, we're doing now with the next steps, and we're teaching. Because it says... That we are to share the gospel so others can come to salvation, not to stop there, but we are to teach. The number one problem in the church world today is we will fight hell and high water to get people in our altars and get them saved. We slap them on the back and say, welcome to the family, brother. Welcome to the family, sister. And then we forget about them and wonder what, in the, oh, they must not have been they must not have been serious. I'm sorry. I have a lot of credentials. And I need nurturing and teaching also. You never stop. You need it. And guess what? The new Christian needs it bad. The young Christian needs it bad. The Christian that's been a Christian for a while, but finds his roots shallow, they need teaching. I'm not pushing Sunday school. We got a great program that our pastor has come up with and we've started. Next steps. We are to teach. I think Jesus told us to. We are to teach all that Jesus has commanded. I'm just going to read through some of these. And I got a little handout, unfortunately, for some of, unfortunately for y'all out there in Facebook land, I, I can't give you one of these, but I do have some of these I will be handing out. I'm just going to hit all of them because I got 50 of them. 
He teaches us in several scriptures to repent. He teaches us several scriptures to we're supposed to follow him. In several scriptures, he tells us to rejoice. And one scripture, he tells us not to throw our pearls to the pigs. We're supposed to honor our parents. We're supposed to take, we're supposed to take on his yoke and give them ours. We're supposed to go and reconcile with fellow brothers and sisters that have offended us. Ow. We're supposed to keep his commandments. We're supposed to celebrate the Lord's Supper. We're supposed to be born again. We're supposed to bring in the poor. We're supposed to pray in faith. That's just highlighting some of his Man, lucky for all y'all in here, I have y'all some handouts tonight to give y'all out. But the thing is, we got marching orders. There's no better time and no more urgent time than now. Fifty years ago, there was no more urgent time than then. Three days ago, there was no more urgent time than then. Tomorrow, there will be no more urgent time than then. We have to understand it's a daily thing. There's nothing more urgent than us helping people come to the saving knowledge of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. For with a smile, with loving them, with sharing, with giving testimony, whatever it is, we need to get our marching orders, understand them, and get to going. It's our orders, people. It isn't a, if you feel like it. See, that's the good thing about not being a pastor. I can step on toes and I just, but the whole thing, it's the truth. And I'm talking it to me too. We, you're not built to be a pew-sitting Christian, a chair-sitting Christian in here, but that is not being a Christian. That Christian, what does Christian mean? Christ-like. I had a senior pastor tell me one time, and I almost flipped out when he said it, and then I thought what he said. Y'all grab your seats and hold on. And I'm going to stand up for this one. You're going to have to adjust the camera, probably, or something. When people are saved, it don't mean they're Christians. It means they're saved. Because it's a process to be Christ-like. I'm not saying they're Christianity, they're not part of the Christianity, and they're not saved. What I'm saying and what he was trying to get through to me is it is a process for someone to get to the Christ-like phase. There's times when I don't feel Christian. I'm saved. I am covered in the blood of the Lamb, but I might not be acting like Jesus. You get what I'm saying? When new, new saved people, the last thing they're going to do is be, they're not going to be completely Christ-like. They're going to do some back, forth, and, until a brother and a sister put their arms around them and not chastise them, but go, hey, I remember when I first got saved. I struggled. It's still hard to put certain things down or not to pick certain things up. I understand that. Let's, let me show you how to get a good study habit. Let me, it's going to take us doing that. It's more than just, again, like I said, getting them in here, getting them safe, slapping them on the back, and then wonder what the heck happened to them. We need to bring them up and disciple them. Jesus didn't call Peter and say, hey, get out of that boat, put that net down. Now you know everything and you know, go proclaim me. He would have looked at him and probably said a few choice fisherman words at him. He said, no, come follow me. Let me show you what I'm all about. How long did he follow him? Three years. And he still denied him. 
He watched people raised from the dead. He watched miracle after miracle. He watched demons run into pigs and make a giant pig soup running off the side of a mountain. He watched all of that, and he still, to the point, the last one, a little girl come up to him and said, aren't you, the, aren't you one of Jesus' followers? And honestly, if you read, he cussed her. No. Old Peter Fisherman came out, sailor came out, Look at it. Oh, that's Peter. You can't. Yes, he denied. He cussed the girl. Denying. Then what? 80 days later? Because, well, about 83. Because the day of Pentecost. Well, no, that's 50. 90 days later. He gets filled with the Holy Ghost, walks out and proclaims Jesus Christ to 3,000. Men were saved. Don't tell me you can't be used. Don't tell me. No. A man who denied Christ basically to his faith, face because he was, he was there in the presence watching him getting beat and he denied him three times. He, I'll tell you, if he would have told me that before the night, before the cock crows in the morning, you're going to deny me three times, and that happened, I heard that cock crow, I, I would have jumped off the side of that cliff before uh, no, Judas did, and I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have worried about putting a rope around. I would have, because I would have been so ashamed. But he didn't, and he knew what was going to happen, and he knew things were going to happen, and he stayed faithful and he believed in his Jesus, just like we need to. We need to stay faithful. And you know, telling, yeah, oh, I slipped, I don't know, he ain't going to use me. Uh, remember, stay on that wheel. You No telling, you may be the next Peter. Holy Ghost may get a hold of you and you go, what in the world just happened? And 3,000 people get saved. 3,000 people get saved in that day and time in one, or 3,000 men. We need to multiply that by women and children, and it's probably a lot more because that's like when we talk to the 5,000. You know, when they get fed with the fish, it was talking men. There was a lot more people fed. And unfortunately, at that time, they didn't talk about the ladies too much or the children. But a miracle was done. Peter was a miracle. Him being the first to evangelize was a miracle. Don't say you can't be used. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've done. What you need to do is go, Lord, use me. Lord, I accept my commission. I accept this great commission. I accept what you have set me forth to do. Make me, make me the, the plow. Make me the one who waters. Just use me somehow. Amen? Amen. There is no greater time than now. Any questions? No questions. I don't stepped on y'all too much tonight. Yeah. But guess what? Don't get down on yourself because guess what? Peter, he may got down on himself, but look how great he, greatly he was used. That's why we don't need the worst. You know who chastises more than anybody? is yourself. When God has forgot things and threw it as far as the east is from the west, why are you the one, who are you to be good enough, greater than my God who's thrown it away, to pick it back up and go, look what I did. Honestly. I got a sermon about that. It's called Leave Your Baggage. And it's the truth. We do that. We try to chastise our own self so much. Oh, I can't be used for that. Peter was like that till who got a hold of him? The Holy Spirit. Once I, and guess what? The day of Pentecost, Spirit was poured out on this earth. When you were saved, you received the Holy Spirit. And did I say you got baptized in the Holy Ghost? No. But you've received the Holy Spirit. 
We've taught for years that Jesus come live in my heart. You know how he lives in your heart? The Holy Spirit. Jesus at the right hand. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's in my heart. That's how Jesus comes and lives in me. Amen? So, if you're sitting here chastised and thinking, I ain't good enough, I got to fix something, understand you ain't never going to fix it. That's the number one thing that keeps people away from the gospel is let me fix it first. Let him fix it. Let him fix it. He's still, what I preached Sunday, he's still working on me. Let him still work on you. Amen. Y'all be good out there in Facebook land. I hope y'all enjoyed it. I hope y'all enjoyed it. And I'll fix a hand out these things for y'all to look at. Y'all can take them home. It's